Welcome to the Corporate Minister Podcast, a safe space dedicated to the hearts and minds of African-American men. Today's work environment presents some unique challenges for Black men, and they can sometimes feel overstressed, overburdened, and at the same time undervalued and underappreciated. The Corporate Minister Podcast is about speaking a word of support, encouragement, and healing to the men in these spaces, as well as to those who love and support them. We also seek to provide a means for others to understand these men, their hopes, dreams, and challenges, in order to bridge the gaps and create a dialogue. Our guiding principles in these discussions are the Word of God and the love of Jesus Christ. Our bedrock scripture, and the one that underpins all of our work here, can be found in Matthew 11, 28 and 29, where it is written, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. With that, we welcome you to the Corporate Minister Podcast, presented by your host, the Reverend Dwayne Dixon. Welcome to the Corporate Minister Podcast. My name is Dwayne Dixon, and I serve on the ministerial staff at Progressive Baptist Church in St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm also a technology executive, and I've been in corporate America for more than 25 years. My calling is to minister to the needs of men who are sometimes forgotten, educated men of color. The world sees job titles, the degrees, the outer trappings of success, and often draws the conclusion that these men don't need ministry. My experience has taught me that nothing could be further from the truth. My objective here is to bring a word from the Lord that will serve as a beacon of hope, solace, and encouragement. Every few weeks, we address one particular topic, stress, fear, pressure, male bonding, failure, and success, and we see what the Word of God has to say about it. From there, we bring in a guest speaker and explore the topic in a bit more detail, and with a little luck, you'll hear something that blesses you. About that, I want to hear from you. Please drop us a line at thecorporateminister at gmail.com. Again, that's thecorporateminister at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts, your feedback, and your ideas. I want to make this a space that's comfortable and relevant. And on that note, let's get started. We talk a lot here at The Corporate Minister about hard work, doing what needs to be done, and taking care of business. That's a given. Our audience is a group of high achievers who are driven, often type A personalities. We also talk about how imperative it is that we do things, seek mentors, give back, create friendships, foster connections. And I can hear some of the voices. Reverend Dixon, I got enough to do. I know you mean well, but at the end of the day, I've already got a full plate of things to do. You're asking me to do more. Today, I'm going to spend some time talking about what I think is one of the most important things, a thing that we often overlook yet is totally crucial. And if I had to put a title on it, I would call today's episode Prioritizing Your Self-Care. It's both biblical and necessary. Today's scripture comes from 1 Kings 19 and 5, and I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, 
an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. Now, that's pretty straightforward, but like most of the Bible, it comes down to, comes to life when we give it some context. So let's dive in. The subject of today's scripture is the prophet Elijah. Elijah is one of the most interesting and colorful people in the Bible, and God used him during an important time in Israel's history to oppose a wicked king and bring revival to the land. Elijah's ministry marked the beginning of the end of idol worship in Israel. Elijah's life was filled with turmoil. At times, he was bold and decisive, and at other times, fearful and tentative. He alternately demonstrates victory and defeat, followed by recovery. Elijah knew both the power of God and the depths of depression. As a matter of fact, Elijah's name actually means my God is the Lord. Now, in Elijah's time, one of the principal idols or false gods was named Baal. And Baal was worshiped by many in Israel in defiance of the Lord. Elijah shows up as the central character in a face-off with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. There were 450 prophets of Baal versus Elijah all by himself. He said, I tell you what, you build an altar and I'll build an altar. From there, call on the name of your God and I'll call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by setting fire to the altar is the true God. You can go first. The prophets of Baal called upon their God all day long to no avail. Then it was Elijah's turn. He built an altar of stones Dig the ditch, dug a ditch around it, puts the sacrifice on top of the wood and calls for water to be poured over the sacrifice three times. Elijah calls upon God and God immediately sends fire down from heaven, burns the sacrifice, the wood, the stones and the water. God proved he was more powerful than false gods. It was then that Elijah and the people killed all of the false gods, false prophets of Baal. Whoa, that's big. That's a huge win, an enormous win on the biggest stage, and everybody saw it. Now, you'd think that would be good enough to convert the wicked and win them over to the Lord. Nope. The king of the land was a man named Ahab, and his wife was Jezebel. Ahab told his wife about God's display of power, but rather than turn to God, Jezebel vowed to kill Elijah. At that point, Elijah had enough. He was tired. He was mentally exhausted. He had done exactly what God asked of him, but the powers that be decided to kill him anyway, to hunt him down and take his life. Behind all of that, he was broken and he was in despair. He went alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat under a tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Think about that for a moment. How often do we have the big win 
and folks come after us anyway. You closed the big deal, but it's not enough. You poured your heart into your work and somebody else got the credit. You worked yourself ragged, full of stress, fatigue, physical and mental exhaustion. At that point, you're no good to your family, your friends, or yourself. And that's where our scripture comes in. Let's go back to it. First Kings 19 and 5. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. Now, let's go to the next verse. It says, he looked around and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. The next verse says, then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. Indeed, Elijah ate, drank, and rested. This gave him enough strength to do what God had left for him to do. Now, that's an amazing lesson for us. We can find ourselves in a space where we burn the candle at both ends, thinking that's what's necessary for success. We cheat our sleep. We don't eat properly. And we don't relax, thinking that we can tough it out, stay on our grind, because that's what we're supposed to do, right? But here, the Bible is telling us that self-care is crucial. Eating, resting, recharging. The lesson is if we don't take care of ourselves, we won't be able to take care of anything or anybody else and we won't have the strength to do what God has left for us to do. One of my favorite examples is what you hear in the pre-flight briefing on every airline flight. Should the cabin lose pressure, oxygen masks will drop from the overhead area. Please place the mask over your own mouth and nose before assisting others. Think about that. What are they saying? Oxygen masks are deployed in situations where the oxygen level has dropped dangerously low. Without your oxygen mask, you will quickly lose consciousness. Well, if you don't make putting on your own mask your first priority, you will very likely not be able to help anyone else. In other words, by seeing to our own self-care, resting, recharging, eating, and taking care of ourselves, we position ourselves to do our best work and be our best selves. Better husbands, better fathers, better workers, better men. And on that note, I'd like to introduce today's guest. Dr. Charles P. Morgan is Vice President, Chemical and Mental Health at Avivo, an organization dedicated to increasing well-being through recovery and career advancement while working to end homelessness. Previously, he served as CEO of Union Gospel Mission for five and a half years. Dr. Morgan hails from Thibodeau, Louisiana, and is a graduate of the University of Southern California, where he received his Bachelor of Arts degree in psychology. He's a graduate of Antioch Christian University, where he earned a doctorate degree in theology. 
Dr. Morgan's most recent degree is from Fuller Theological Seminary, where he graduated with a Master of Science degree in Marriage and Family Therapy. He served as founder and senior pastor of Resurrection Life Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church based in Westchester, California for 33 years. In 1986, Dr. Morgan founded the Resurrection Life Church in Malawi, East Central Africa. Concurrent with his pastoral ministry, he worked as a psychiatric social worker for Kedron Community Mental Health in a specialized program working with the most treatment-resistant clients in Los Angeles County. Subsequently, he worked in Skid Row as vice president of program at the Los Angeles Mission. He serves on the board of directors of CityGate, an association of missions across the United States and Canada, serving those experiencing homelessness, poverty, and addiction. He teaches seminars on mental health, diversity, and relational dynamics and family dynamics to equip faith community leaders and service providers to effectively engage in cross-cultural contact with diverse and immigrant populations and communities. It is my pleasure to present Dr. Charles P. Morgan. Good morning, Reverend. How are you doing? Oh, wonderfully well. How about you? So glad to be with you this morning. Doing well and so pleased to have you with us today. You know, you keep very, very busy. Can you tell our audience more about what you've been up to these days? Yeah, uh, working uh, for Vivo. And uh, we have the tiny homes, first in the country to have that in Minneapolis. It's an alternative to uh, outdoor encampments and the unsheltered homeless. So we have 100 units, uh, low barrier, harm reduction to help people who are in the throes of drug addiction. Uh, we have our mental health clinic uh, where we're providing services to individual families, conjuring therapy, group therapy. We have residential housing, SUDS treatment, uh, groups with uh, individuals with support for substance use with LADCs, LMFTs, LICSWs, we have our educational institute and uh, where we're helping people to get the tools that they need to be successful, because I believe that there are two roads out of poverty, education or job skills and gainful employment. So as you said, speaking and just staying busy and staying out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right. I like the sound of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that you're no stranger to First Kings 19 and 5. How does that matter to you? How has that shown up in your life? Well, like you said uh, in your introduction, uh, in your message, uh, that self-care is a tremendously important aspect of being able to be healthy personally. And I like to correlate that with Mark chapter 6, uh, verse 30. It talks about the same thing that says there were so many people with the apostles and Jesus going back and forth that they didn't even have a chance to eat. And uh, Jesus says, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. And I thank you so astutely put it that if we're not taking care of ourselves and we're unhealthy, there's no way that we can help bring people to places that we're not ourselves. Indeed. So what's the key takeaway? I mean, if we if we really look at this, the key message for men of color dealing with the issues of self-care, what's the key takeaway for them? Well, I believe you got to get out of crisis mode first, because crisis is by its very nature and definition a preventative to self-care. Uh, I think that's an important realization that we all have to have, knowing that and realizing that there's always things to be accomplished uh, tomorrow, uh, long after we're dead and gone. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and we have to learn the rest and what's best about who we are today, not being anxious about tomorrow. That does not mean we don't prepare for tomorrow, but we can't be losing sleep over things we don't have any control over. These are stressful times. I mean, uh, COVID-19 and, and, and the political environment, so many other things that we see. Mm-hmm. How does this scripture speak specifically to such a time as this? Well, I think so many people are struggling and having, you know, unparalleled challenges in their lives. I think self-care, number one, is about awareness of one's own well-being, as we were talking before. But how being well allows us to take care of others. You know, 1 Corinthians talks about uh, God comforting us, that we might comfort others who are in any trouble, right? So it presupposes, firstly, that we have a relationship with God. And if we do, then we know he's in control of all things. And if we're obedient and we're praying according to his will, he's going to give us what we need, right? So that should lower our angst and our stress level. It's about personally being focused to refresh our minds and our will towards God's desire for us, right? Because right. uh, Romans tells us, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world so we can be workaholics and work ourselves to death. Right. You know, or we can do things in a way that honors God, honors ourselves. And at the same time, because we're doing things with a proper perspective, be able to honor others because our mind is being renewed and we're proving what is the will of God. And I think when we look at our accomplishments, we need to have a sense of personal satisfaction and comfort. And that what God is doing in us, that we can be an extension of God's hand that hopefully will bring uh, endurance that can be fashioned in the lives of others by us modeling health and being healthy. Because we can't literally ask people to do something that we're not modeling ourselves. Beautifully spoken. Beautifully spoken. Now, here's here's a question I ask. It's been said that beside every great man is a great woman. What would you say about this topic to the women who are supporting our men in these spaces? Well, I'm one of those pastors. I've been in ministry over 40 years, and uh, I've seen a lot of ministry couples. And for me, I think ministers' wives are some of the most loneliest people on the face of the earth. Uh, My wife is very supportive to me, but I've been careful over the years to tell my wife she can talk about me. Uh, to people that she trusts, uh, because being a man of God does not mean I'm a man without challenges, without deficiencies and all those things. And I would say to the women of ministers or those in ministry that you can't let the devil back you into a corner, isolate you, make you quiet and unable to talk about your own issues because you're afraid of dampening the image of the man of God. Uh, Too many women, I think, uh, living lonely lives uh, without the support that they need while they're still continuing to support, quote unquote, the man in the ministry. So I think it's important to get that that help, that support, the scaffolding uh, that women in ministry who are supporting husbands and or, you know, loved ones in ministry to get the help that they need. And I would assume that that also applies to the men who are listening to this show who aren't ministers, but who are just men out here in these spaces. Yeah, because life is challenging, right? Mm-hmm. And with COVID over the last year and a half, there have been unparalleled challenges in people's lives. And I think in terms of mental health, in terms of self-care, 
if people are isolated, you know, I, I tell people all the time, uh, what the devil does is he isolates you before he destroys you. And so you can't afford to be isolated. You need consensus validation. You need people around you who will be brutally honest, at least three people who will be brutally honest with you about their perceptions of who they believe you are. And you can take that consensus, again, a relatively true picture about who you are. Then you can begin to work on yourself responsibly uh, to do the things that you need to do to become the you that you ought to be. Love it. Love it. Now, here's here's a question. Are there any resources on this topic, um, books, websites, information that you'd like to share with our audience? Yeah, you know, you can go on Amazon. There's a lot of books. You can go to Tony Evans, T.D. Jakes, Williams Lee. But there's a couple of books I would like to recommend that I think speaks directly to the spiritual man, mm -hmm. uh, because I think that when we're busy, or in we're in upwardly mobile positions or positions of responsibility, it's easy to get away from the word of God. Okay. And for me, that's the thing that you have to stay focused on. Uh, there's a book called Come Hither by Deverne Fromke. Uh, there's a, another one, a devotional, The Valley of Vision. It's a collection of Puritan prayers uh, that can be useful in meditation. Uh, another great one is The Making of a Man of God by Alan Redpath. Jesus and the Disinherited by Dr. Howard Thurman. And mm -hmm. that's, just a, that's just a few. Mm -hmm. Even The Measure of a Man by Dr. King. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be good to read. And the, emotional healthy, the Emotionally Healthy Leader by Peter Scazzaro. Uh, that's also really good. And there's a host of others. I can give you a, a list of some books that uh, you might be able to refer to others. Well, what's really interesting about that is the name that comes up time and time again um, with my guest is Howard Thurman. Um, I, mm -hmm. think every, I think every single minister I've had on this program has suggested the the, the, the works of Howard Thurman. Is that right? Oh, gosh, yes. That's um, great. Absolutely. Howard Thurman shows up over and over and over again. And as you know, and as I know, he was one of the most powerful theologians and, and thinkers um, of the 20th century. So That's so exactly it, right. Absolutely. You know, as we come to the end of our time together, do you have a final thought that you'd like to share? Yeah, I think uh, if I was to encourage people, make sure to major and major and not major in minors. Um, life is difficult, it's challenging. And as you said also in the beginning, it's about prioritizing life, prioritizing self-care, because if we're destroyed uh, and we're hurt, you know, there's this old thing that hurt people hurt people. And so if you're hurting, you know, you need to get the, the help and the resources that you need to be you. And for us as African-American men, especially, there's a stigma about mental health where people think that it makes you less of a person. But it doesn't. All it says is that you have issues that we all have, right, because we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all that means is you're recognizing that there are deficiencies in your life and you moving and putting resources in place to take care of those deficiencies to become all that God has intended for you to be. So I would say go and be well. And sir, that is a wonderful note for us to end on. Dr. Morgan, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for making time to be with the audience. We appreciate oh, you so much. It's a pleasure. Thanks for joining us at The Corporate Minister. We appreciate your spending time with us, and we would love to hear from you. If you have show ideas, prayer concerns, or if you are blessed by what you heard today, please drop us a note at thecorporateminister at gmail.com. Again, 
That's thecorporateminister at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you, and we'll see you next time. Music